0: Football season is here. I'm excited. And I know some of you are going, Oh, and your eyes are rolling in your head. Well, just come on, hang on. We're going to have some fun. You know, I know you've been anticipating at least some of you going, Oh, oh, I hope that we have a season. I hope that it's not canceled. And, you know, I'm excited that we actually got to watch a game. It might not have turned out the way that we wanted yesterday, but I believe the cats are going to be back. They'll come back with a vengeance. You know, some of you are going, Okay. I have football in the afternoon, and now I have to listen to it on Sunday morning. Well, hey, you know what? The Bible actually uses analogies of athletics and then going deeper into faith. And if God can do it, I think it's something that we ought to be able to just use as a packaging. See, there is so much you can learn, and some of you are going, "Wait, but why football? Well, I'm not even good at golf and I'm not very good at volleyball, and I fouled out of every game that I played in basketball. And So football, is a, you can just pretend it's a basketball if that's your game. If you want it to, to be a soccer, it's just a weird-looking soccer ball, okay? Um, but uh, we're going to talk football a little bit over the next few weeks, and here's the fun thing. See, when, when we come together each week, for those who are football fans, I'm going to be giving away a... K-State autographed by the whole coaching staff and the athletic department here at Kansas State University each week. And now for those who are online, you're like, oh, one more bite by COVID, I don't have a chance. Well, tune in. You are going to have a chance during the series, one of the services online, you're going to have a chance because I'm going to give a trivia question on K-State history. And if you answer it first and email in, and it arrives in our email box 1st Then we'll send you the football. So one of those. And so some people are going, I'm going to watch every service between now and the end. Uh, Hey, for those who are here, you know, I'm thankful you're here. And I'm going to throw this out. And now, guys, I know some of you are rabid football fans. If a little kid catches it, don't take it from them. That's not nice, okay? And so here we're going to. I'm going to just shut my eyes. I'm going to spin around. Hopefully, I can remember that. I think you're somewhere. Oh, boy, I'm a little dizzy now. And so, here we go. One, two, three. Whoa! Hopefully, I don't hit a camera. Yay! (laughs) Give her a hand. Hey, Good job. We're always looking for good receivers. You got good hands. Grabbed a hold of it, didn't drop it. Awesome. You know, here's the crazy thing. There are lessons from athletics that translate right into faith and today is a simple one. Suit up for practice every day. You've got you to be willing to put in the hard work if you want to go game time. That is such a simple concept that players don't get sometimes. I coached football years ago, and I'd have kids who were athletically gifted. Their dad had done a lot maybe years past. And they would show up, and they're like, just put me in the game. They didn't want to run. They didn't want to work hard. They didn't want to be there, but they wanted on game time. Hmm. That preaches. People say all the time, God, use me. You know, when you need somebody to do something big, I want in. Are you faithful in the small stuff? If you're not faithful in the small stuff, don't you ever expose expect coach to put you in the game see that's where you earn the right to get on the field that's where you build the trust that's where you learn how to run the play that's how you you get prepared for game day see I have people that'll tell me on a regular basis I'm just I'm frustrated you know my marriage isn't like so-and-so's or you know what I just wish that I knew the Bible like him oh I wish I had a prayer life like her Let me bring you into a little secret of truth here that you need to understand that was a hard one for me to learn. If you want the marriage like they have, you got to go through the hell that they've probably gone through to get there and been faithful through it no matter what. If you want the prayer life like that gal you got to learn in the midst of the valley when you have nothing left but God and you continue to cry out and say, oh, Lord, I need you, and you've gotten faithful on your knees, you could develop the prayer life maybe that she has. If you want to be able to just have the Scripture pop out at you like that guy that you go, wow, he knows the Word so well. Well, maybe rather than studying your fantasy football team, you need to spend a little more time in God's Word. See, if you go through what they went through, you might have a chance to be who they are. There is no shortcut in life. There's no shortcut in marriage. There's no shortcut in faith. There's no shortcut in school. There's no shortcut in your job. It's a matter of putting in the hard work every day. And then through that, you become prepared for game day see you know here's the truth that endurance is what is developed in practice you know endurance is such a key it's those who just don't give up are those who are often most successful the marriage that succeeds the life that succeeds the guy who you know I know people who are genius and yet fail out of school because they don't do the work in that maybe somebody else puts in And so when it comes to faith, I want to ask you to put in the hard work to be able to become the person that you want to be. See, in Galatians chapter 6, this is a memorized verse, an absolute must put in your head and in your heart, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. Oh, that's such a vital thing. See, here's the thing. I know that some of you are looking for something easy along the way. You're just. Why does it have to be so hard? Well, practice. Well, it is hard work. It is hard work when it comes to practice. That's that's where you're developing skills to be able to go out and do it on game day. You know, I was listening to a coach afterwards. It was it was actually Navy yesterday. As the coach was talking about what happened, as they just got basically manhandled and he's like it's my fault I wasn't ready I didn't get the team ready I was so concerned about everything else we didn't actually do any live drills we weren't live tackling and it showed he said we couldn't tackle anybody we weren't ready for game day it was my fault and here's the thing a lot of people they haven't put in the hard work and then they wonder what why it's all falling apart around them, because they're not doing any live work. They just kind of have a little bit in their head. They don't have much in their life. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, no discipline is enjoyable. Amen to that. If there was ever a time you all get a little bit excited and going, amen, it'd be that. I don't like discipline. No one likes discipline. It's painful. But delayed gratification here. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained, doesn't happen by accident, trained in this way. Oh, there's an eternal reward that, that goes just from hard work. That when I, I believe that when you get to heaven one day and you have trained yourself in godliness and you've been a part of God's army, you've been faithful in doing what he's called you to do, you'll be able to walk in. And it's not a matter of getting into the gates of heaven. Ain't that happens through grace alone, through Jesus Christ. It's a matter of walking in and going, oh, I remember teaching that. Oh, I talked to that. Oh, I remember praying for And you see the incredible harvest of blessing that could come from a life invested rather than a life wasted. See, the Bible describes this life not as easy as a follower of Christ. In fact, the Bible says very clearly, the journey that we're on is the road less traveled. In fact, he says very clearly in the scripture that wide is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to life. See, as as you get into those hard two-a-day practices, so to speak, that's when the ranks start getting thin. And I don't want you to be one of the ones who just fall to the side. And, you know, do you realize that Jesus had a lot of people around him? Crowds would flock to him. But then he'd say some hard stuff, and then they'd start falling away. It reminds me of back in August 2 days when I first started playing football. See, I came from a non-football family. I love football today. I learned. But, but you know, i talked to my dad, and I'm like, hey, Dad, what's a lineman? He said, like, well, those are the guys that run those cables down the side of the highway. And, hey, he had no idea what a lineman was, a quarterback. I'm like, how do you throw football? I don't know and I wonderful dad but he could he was a farm boy and that was all he knew and so when I showed up to practice I was clueless they'd say go join the linemen who are they hey go do that I had no idea it was frustrating and here's the thing a lot of people show up for practice at the beginning of a season But they don't last very long because maybe it was their dad who pushed them into coming. Maybe they just wanted to hang out with some friends. Maybe they thought it would be cool to be there. And then they run some of those gashers. They run some of those line drills. They do some rolling around and some live tackling drills. And they're like, this is hard. And in every practice, a few more would not show up. And then a few more would not show up. And then the coach realizes, okay, here's who I can count on. You know, I think Jesus would purposely just say hard things sometimes just to say, Are you, do you trust me? You know, he'd say things like this to the people, this next scripture here of Luke chapter nine, if any of you wants to be my follower, quit being selfish, give up on your own way. He's like, pick up your cross and follow me. And the crowds would then, There were many in the crowd who showed up for the show for the new cool teacher in town. They they wanted to see another miracle. They wanted to maybe get a free meal. Maybe he was going to do another. And then he'd say something hard, and then people would thin out. And that happens today as well. You know, Emmett Smith, an NFL running back, uh, he holds the all-time leading rushing record He ran over 10,000 yards. See, that's over 14 years in a career, 10-plus miles. It's 18,000 yards total. 18,000. You go, well, so he just ran 10 miles, and it took him 14 years to get there? Well, you try doing that when 300-plus-pound mammoth beasts are knocking you to the ground and then landing on you, and then get up again, and then get up again, and then get up again. That's what made it so tough what he was going through. He just didn't quit. He just kept going. And I want to challenge you to understand that great victories await those with great endurance. Great victories await those with great endurance. See, it's the endurance of just trusting the Lord, holding on to your hope, being faithful in the small things that gives you opportunities to be in that place where Jesus said, I trust you, I'm going to let you go out and lead. And he puts you in those places where you're able to minister to your family or to have that voice into someone's life. And then all along the way, you're making improvements. I hope that you understand practice is about making improvements. We have to continually be growing. You know, in, in football, I mean, the quarterback has to work on the most precise little things, exact footwork, bringing up an exact throwing. Hey, in the in the wide receivers, they're running routes, that they're turning to catch the ball where the ball is already in the air that they don't even realize or know for sure. I mean, that's what it's doing right, that they got it down to such a precision that the quarterback knows he's going exactly here, he's stopping, he's turning around. So I'm letting it go now. I and mean, it's just amazing. Football, it's not just this brute force thing. You know, some of the strongest guys that could be out there are not very good. I've mean, i I've seen huge, behemoth, strong guys who can't play football on the line at all because they don't have the footwork right. They don't know how to use their hands. They get burnt constantly. It's not about the strongest or the most athletic or the most gifted. It's about the one who's just made improvements along the way. See, I think there's a lot of people in the church today that don't realize the improvement that's needed. In their armchair quarterbacking, it's kind of like after yesterday there might have been well why did the coach do this well, why did we do that you know what don't waste your time with things that you can't control and worrying about things that you can't do because that happens in faith all the time let's look at this first Timothy chapter 4 don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tale instead train yourself to be godly physical training well that's good But training in godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Oh, discipline is doing the difficult now so that you have the reward that you desire later. It's called delayed gratification. Now, some of you are going, yeah, I know, my spouse is really, really disciplined. Or my mom is so disciplined. Or my buddy is, I'm just not disciplined. You guys are all disciplined. In what you value. See, I know you all value eating. I'm not calling you all fat. We're all just fairly healthy. And so you've been eating or you wouldn't be here. You value it. In fact, you're eating every day. In fact, I would go so far as to say you value sleep greatly. Every single one of you are sleeping or you go crazy over time. It's not healthy. You gotta, since you value it, you do it. See, whatever you value is what you're disciplined in. And so if you look at somebody else and go, man, they're just so disciplined and they're always early for an appointment, it's because they value being early for that appointment, so they do it. And it's so hard to look at some of the why that drives and to look at and to go, okay, if I want to be that person in the future, this is what I need to do in the present. Now, Tom Landry, great legendary football coach said it this way, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do, sounds like a preacher, in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. You know, scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, as we emphasized earlier, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, this delayed gratification. Tom Landry is basically quoting scripture here. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You know, in practice, we learn the game plan that God has for us. If not careful, if you don't know the game plan, we got a problem. If you don't understand why the coach is doing this on defense and this on offense, why he's running this play here, he, it's not a matter of just going out and running around and it's those who are coachable that are the ones who get to play. And so let me ask you, do you know the Lord's game plan for your life? You know, I, I got a reference years ago for a young man who was wanting some of my time, wanting to be discipled, and he was getting active in the church, and I asked his mentor, I happened to know, I said, so tell me about this young guy. I try and decide right now is just the best. I had some kind of weird vibes. I wasn't sure. And, uh, and his mentor in the past had just said, well, he's like a rocket. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Without a guidance system. Oh. <laughs> he's like, he's just whoop whoop, 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 And he'll change direction constantly. And so just understand that. Oh. And I, in other words, he was uncoachable. And I found pretty quick that description was true. You know, one of the most ignored aspects of following Christ is just the discipline of being coached by. God's word, studying his word. I want to ask you to study his word, to jump into that and understand, yeah, it's gonna take some daily hard work to get into it, but it's so valuable to get into the playbook that God has given us called the Bible. See, in 2 Timothy, it says this: all scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Oh. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses the Bible to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It's his playbook. And I hope that you'll get into it so deeply that it becomes second nature. When it does, that's when you begin to practice and you've internalized the plays. Now, many of you go, I just don't understand the Word of God, and it's just complex, and I, I, don't, I, I just don't get it, and so I just let someone else read it for you. You are way smarter than what you admit. See, what you study is what you learn, and in fact, all of you are very studious about things that you value. You know, I just got a reminder uh, this morning of, hey, do you have your fantasy football team set up right? Do you got them optimized to win? And for the guys in my league, that was sure fun last year, wasn't it, when I won the Super Bowl? Just got to get one little humble brag in there because I'm probably going to get killed this year. But, you know, some of you have already spent hours researching your fantasy football team. You've read articles, you've looked at ESPN, you've read CBS, you've said who is the sleeper this year, who's gonna and you can quote the stats and you know who did great last year and who's gonna get really good because this injury and <sighs> Oh, you study what's important to you. Maybe it's at your job, maybe it's maybe it's football, maybe it's the stock market, maybe it's I just pray that while those things aren't bad, that they don't consume you so much, you don't study what is eternal. See, what happens is as you get into the Word of God, there's this discipline of daily obedience that that becomes where you start to go second nature with things, where you're just learning to be obedient every day. And it's not a matter of just saying, God, I want in the game, but just daily, I want to be obedient to you. See, here's a key into God's coaching style. You know, when you look at the scripture, it says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, it says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Why? It's because you've been faithful in handling the small stuff, the practice, the little things. And now I'll give you more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. The daily stuff matters. See, I, I have people all the time, well, I'm going to start giving someday. And, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm going I'm to be, you know, better at my marriage. And I'll focus in on being a good husband or a good wife. You know, once I get ahead at job, and, oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. It is such a selfish thought process that we struggle with and fight with. It's not the day of someday. It's whether you be faithful now and then you might become who you desire to be later, but you have to be faithful now. Small stuff matters. See, here's the thing. There's a war that's going on and there's opposition that we have to prepare for. Here's the truth Practice helps us face the opposition. It helps us prepare for the opposition. See, if you just know there's a game coming up, but you don't prepare for it, you're in big trouble. If, if you if you know that there's a devil out there, but you haven't prepared to face the opposition that you're gonna have following Christ, you're gonna really struggle. See, there is a there is an evil opposite of God, devil, Who wants to tear your life down, distract you, discourage you, tempt you, whatever it be? The Bible describes him as Satan is one, is like a roaring lion just walking around looking for someone to devour. And oh, it always looks innocent, it always looks good. And we say, oh, it's not that big a deal. And then the slow crumbling of a life occurs with one temptation after the next, after the next. And if not careful, in the midst, we're like, God, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you take care of me? Why didn't you help me? I mean, why didn't you guide me? Why didn't you give me strength along the way? And, and he's like, my child, why didn't you suit up for practice? I, I wanted to prepare you for this day. He, he tells us to prepare in Ephesians chapter 6. He, he tells us to put on all of God's armor. Not once the battle starts, not once the devil is standing in front of you. He just says, put it on now because you're going to need it. You don't know when he's going to come. So stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy In the time of evil, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. You know, uh, a simple principle is what voice are you listening to in the midst of the war that is waging around you? If not careful, you'll listen to the wrong voice and you're living for the wrong audience. I know I have many a times in my own life. You know, practice pleases the coach. You know, when I started football years ago, I, I, like I said, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I wasn't the most athletic, I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't necessarily the strongest, I, but but I outpracticed people because I wanted to get on the field. I wanted to learn. And and you know, there's one way to get the attention of the coach that really works well and at the time, I was just knew I was out of shape and I just needed help and I, I wasn't really even brown nosing I liked the coach, but I would stay after practice because I was like, all right, I might not be the fastest, I'm not the strongest, but if I just run more, if I do more drills afterwards, if I do several more of this and that and then I'll be better prepared than the guy who's faster and more athletic and you know, the coach would come out and he would smoke this cigar afterwards. He'd go out of there, and I didn't know this. I looked back and I kept seeing this guy, and then I realized, oh, that's coach. After practice, while everybody was showering and getting ready, when I kept on going for another 20, 30 minutes, he would sit out there and just smoke a cigar a couple of hundred yards off and just kind of watch. Well, it didn't take but a couple of weeks of seeing this kid out there rolling around on the ground still, doing different drills, running 40s again, And all of a sudden he put me in the starting lineup and if you want to be on the team for God, if you want to be in a healthy place at home, if you want to have that healthy marriage, it's not going to happen by accident. And so I want to ask you to live for the right voice. I'm so thankful that life is bigger than football. I'm so thankful that I've learned to listen to a voice, and I'm still working on this, but that is more than my coach, but my heavenly Father. You know, there are days that I do not, sorry to hurt your feelings, but I don't want to preach to you. Sometimes the church annoys me, just like I annoy you at times. I'm sure of it. There are times that I get out of bed and I wake up and, I sat on the side of the bed, and it's like I told my wife this morning how much it meant I was just tired, and I was struggling, and I sat on the side of my bed as my alarm went off a little after five, and getting ready, and I just sat there. And all of a sudden, she just reached out and just put her hand on me and just rubbed my back for a second, and I said, yeah, I'm not alone. And I know she prays for me every, every Sunday morning. I want my heart to be tuned to his voice because Satan will whisper in my heart, you're not enough. He'll say, give up, the the battle's too big. And God will say, I believe in you, child. You're mine. I'm not left you. And I don't know where you are in life, but I do know this. Oh, there's a God in heaven who loves you and he's planned for your life to be more, more than what it is presently. It's a matter of will you tune your voice to him? Will you listen to that still small voice over all the noise of the crowd of this world and your own selfish desires? And say, God, even if it's hard, I'll take the narrow path I want your voice because it's for my good you know the Bible gives us a great scripture in first Corinthians all athletes are disciplined in their training they do it to win a prize that'll fade away you know I looked up at my wall the other day and you know, I'm so thankful I was able to attend a couple of great schools and get a couple of great degrees and I looked at them, and I realized the sun shining through the window had faded all the signatures. (laughs) It looks like I just printed them out and stuck them on my wall. (laughs) You know, everything of this world is going to fade away just like those signatures. I'm glad I had that education, but what are you living for? See, why we train, why we work so hard is for an eternal prize. And so I'm going to run this week. I'm going to run today with purpose in every step. And I hope that you will as well. See, this life is practice for eternity. That's the truth. The basic bottom line is just practice for eternity. It's preparation for what he has tomorrow for you. Don't waste it. Today, say, God, what is it that I need to pour myself into that I hear you better what is it that you want me to work on even if it's hard what is it that I need to face even even when it makes me uncomfortable oh his his plan is good would you pray with me oh God I come before you in the name above all names the name of Jesus Christ and Lord I know that there are those who are listening online and there's those sitting right here in the seat who are tired and they're wore out and they're struggling. Others have just gotten frustrated and they're angry and they're mad about things and they're not even sure where to direct their emotion. And there's some who've just chased after this world and they're, they're climbing the ladder. They're doing all that they can to get the name, to get the initials, to do this, to do that. And God, I ask in the name above all names that all that would just quietly fade away right now and that your voice would be loud and that they'd live for the voice that says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into eternal reward that they'd live for eternity, not just now. God, I love you and I'm so thankful for your goodness. I'm so thankful for your faithfulness. I'm thankful for your grace. Lord, if there's one who thinks they're too far gone, would you shut that lie out of their heart? And would they hear your voice that says, oh, child, just ask for grace, and it's here abundantly. Lord, come and grant hope where there's not. Grant strength where there's weakness. And grant peace where there's been chaos. Thank you for being good thank you for inviting us into your family on your team it's in the name above all names the name of jesus that we pray amen